God came to my garage sale. Now those words captured my attention. They also happen to be the title of Dr. Marnie Hill Fodoraro's book. So grab that cup of coffee, folks, sit back, relax, and let's listen in to the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so happy that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and my special guest, Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. She is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. She earned her doctorate in education from Northern Illinois University and completed postdoctoral studies at Harvard during a very successful and rewarding 35-year career as a high school special education teacher with 12 years as a university adjunct graduate school professor. Marnie's five-star reader's favorite and 2022 Hollywood Book Festival runner-up and 2020 Best Books award-winning spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale, is prominently endorsed by James Redfield, best-selling author of The Celestine Prophecy. Now, there is all kinds more that I could share about her bio, folks, but we're going to have all of that in the show notes for you. I want to welcome in Dr. Marnie. Dr. Marnie, thank you so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce today. Oh, thank you, Kim, for having me on your podcast. The thing that grabbed my attention right away was the title of this book, God Came to My Garage Sale. And as an author myself and a lover of words, that just jumped out at me. So my first question is, how did you come up with the name, that name for your book, the title for your book, and how did that story come to fruition? And I decided to make a big life change very close to my retirement from my 35-year career as a high school special ed teacher. And, you know, I chose to leave in a marriage after 27 years. My values just did not align with who I was married with. And I finally figured it out after close to three decades that I needed to, to escape that situation. And, um, but I had no idea that I was actually in the midst of a domestic abuse situation. So many times you find out afterwards when you leave that you have really been through a lot and, and there's a lot of fear involved in leaving, um, because change is hard. You knew there would be some repercussions. I just had no idea the repercussions would include losing most everything. I lost my home to foreclosure, even though I was told it was paid off for 10 years. I lost my assets, most of my money. I even lost two adult children to parental alienation. And so in, in the midst of all of this trauma, I had to have a garage sale. But Instead of having feelings of sadness or regret or anger, I was just filled with love and gratitude. And I was just so thankful for all the blessings I had been given. And in this state of gratitude, which could have been a really tough time, it was a beautiful time. And I was opened up to the universe's signs and synchronicities. And so many unique miracles happened to me at or around the garage sale time that I just kept on questioning what's going on here. Did, is God here? Did, is, did God come to my garage sale? <laughs> and that is how that title came to be. And, and the little backstory of, of the situation. And basically 
it's a spiritual fiction, but it's all inspired by true events. You know, it's about an atheist woman who who loses everything and has a garage sale, but miracles come her way to give her the, the feeling that she is loved and supported, that even though she is making this huge life change, she should not be in fear because she is living true to her authentic, authentic being, to her values. And, uh, and I felt that love and support and, and that led me to, to writing this book. And then going on to, you know, after retiring from, from my career, I moved to the Caribbean from the Chicago suburbs. And in a very short time, I, I wrote a five book series called True Deceit, False Love, which was really my effort to kind of understand what I went through, do the inner work, um, research different personality types and definitely terminology. And I just am a creative person. So I chose to, to write a five book series that, that addressed this very awful challenging situation with love and light and creativity. So, so that is my journey and, and how I, that book came to be. Yeah. And it, it sounds like that book could, and more than likely does and has resonated with many people that have found themselves in similar situations. Spirituality and surviving traumatic situations really go hand in hand. Um, sometimes we really need to experience the dark, the, the, the negative, the challenging, the loss to really appreciate the positive and where we're at. And yes, I've been so fortunate that um, the book was endorsed by James Redfield, uh, um, along with a lot of other people that saw value in this. And uh, it might even become a movie. I'm in talks right now um, for it to be on the big screen because, you know, especially in this time in our world's history, people are questioning what is going on and, and our values are being questioned and challenged and, you know, we're realizing we need to get back to ourselves and what is right and what is true and be strong and have the courage to realize that there might be a bigger picture going on here that we are not necessarily familiar with. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Now, and I'm curious, and I'm sure my listeners are, how did you get that connection with Mr. Redfield? How did that all come about? You know, I was attending, after having the garage sale, I was on a mission to seek out spirituality and, and hear of other people's accounts. And I started attending IONS meetings, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies, uh, because what I experienced was, they were called STEs, Spiritually Transformative Encounters, or experiences, and they're very similar to what happens when someone flatlines and has a spiritual awakening. So I was seeking out, you know, um, experts and and what other people had to say. And I happened to attend a two day workshop with James Redfield in the Chicago suburbs uh, at the Infinity Center, and really made a nice connection with him. And um, thrilled because, you know, just like so many of us, we read the Celestine prophecy, you know, back in the eighties and reread it in the nineties. And it's, you know, gone on to be a series of books with the 10th insight and even a movie. 
you know? And so at, at, at one point, you know, I said to James, you know, James, I wrote a book called God came to my garage sale about some spiritual miracles uh, that I experienced, but I want to write it in a fictional um, genre so that it could reach a wider audience. And I said, would you, you know, by any chance have the time to, to read it and give me an endorsement? And he said, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't endorse other people really that much. I just, I've got my own Celestine vision going on. I said, well, I totally respect that. I'm just going to give you my manuscript. And if you happen to be on a plane or have, you know, a few moments and want to take a look at it, you know, um, there's no need to return it to me. I just, I brought it here for you. And uh, so he accepted that. And, you know, I thought that was that. And, and I was okay with that. I, I, w I got over my fear of approaching someone of his caliber, um, you know, of, of his fame, of his talent. And I just went for it. And I thought I'd ask. And I felt good enough about that. But then just a couple months later, he called me up and said, I love your book and I want to endorse you. And that led to so many doors opening. Uh, but just the validation that, he saw value in what I was writing, that it could resonate with some people. And what was seemingly, you thought, well, you you worked up your courage, mm -hmm. approached him, talked to him, handed him a copy of your manuscript, even after he said, no, thank you. And, yeah. you know, you just you just followed your gut and, and your heart on that. I love hearing stories like that, you know, and how it all comes back in such a good way because you're putting out good. So good came back, you know, right. And in general, I am someone that even through all of my losses and through all of the devastation and, and the efforts that an abuser will go to, to silence you and to take everything away from you, even your children, I'm still filled with love and happiness and courage and hope for humanity. So I believe that, I was given some signs that that you know I should stay true to who I am and that maybe going through what I've gone through and now sharing my story is providing hope and inspiration to other people who who might really not have that inner strength or might be at a point in their journey where they just want to give up or they just feel so defeated and, and they live in fear. And when you live in fear, you isolate yourself. And, you know, of course, abusers and, and the regime that are connected with the abusers, the flying monkeys, you know, the village, whoever it is that they've, they've, you know, conducted a smear campaign on, which is friends, family, neighbors, you know, they want you to lose your support system completely. I'm sorry, but I'm still a very happy person and I will not be destroyed. And I do follow my gut intuition, but I do believe that I got sort of a, a push on that with the, the spiritual experiences that I had and I continue to have. You know, and I, I call those nudges yeah. because I, I regularly get them. And I have found that since I start following those nudges, life is brighter mm -hmm. and you're able to have a, a more of an impact on someone in the right way, you know, and I, I call it tossing nuggets of light, 
little mm-hmm. nuggets of hope. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what you're doing and what you were seeking back then. But now that's what you're doing. I, I love meeting people with that same mindset. You just want to put good out, out, out into the world because it's not all bad. But when you are going through your own storm and you feel you use the word defeated, that's a word that probably a lot of people can relate to feeling defeated. Many have went through similar situations that you have went through or they're currently going through them. Now, you have another series of books that actually addresses those topics. Can you share a little bit about those? Right. Well, in my quest to understand what I went through um, and and realize, like you said, it's not all negative. In fact, you know, how can you stay in a marriage close to three decades if it is all negative? Um, So there's a lot of intermittent reinforcement. And then I had to do a deep dive into my own family of origin and and understand my own foundation and and traumatic experiences that I had that that made me someone who did not have very strong boundaries, someone that was a people pleaser, an overgiver, someone that was fearful and and kept my my own courage to stand up for myself bottled up with inside of me. And so it's so important to do all of that kind of work on this healing journey to see, you know, your role in things as well. But in my quest, you know, I didn't really set out to write a five book series. I was like, I'm retiring to the Caribbean and I'm going to be in the ocean every day and hiking the rainforest every day, which I do. But I ended up writing this five book series, True Deceit, False Love. And it all came about because I would write down terminology to look up later to help me understand, you know, narcissistic abuse, domestic violence, parental alienation. I had no clue what that was and and intergenerational family trauma, all of that. So I would write terms down like, like word salad or manipulator. manipulative or I would narcissist I didn't even really fully understand what a narcissist was and then I came to to learn that there are many different variations and and empath I had to learn I'm an empath I'm someone who can feel other people's feelings I I knew I did but I did not really know I didn't have a name for it so the list that I had to look up went from a hundred to a thousand to about 10,000. And it was at that point I said, I need to write a book because if this is helping me, you know, someone who is reasonably intelligent and kind and loving, but experienced the traumatic losses that I did, this might help another person. So the first book in the series is actually 15,000 555 terms and phrases on all of this trauma. And then I went on to write a survivor's workbook and acrostic poetry, which, you know, was not an autobiographical situation at all. I I kind of took other people's perspectives, you know, an abuser's perspective, a child's perspective, a grandparent's perspective, a, a boss and a coworker, all of that. And through my poetry, my free verse poetry and acrostic poetry, I was able to really provide information, but resources in a very healing and very unique way. And then I ended up writing the fifth book in the series, which was 
a word search puzzle book that has actually become a bestseller, which really blows me away because I really would think maybe the acrostic poetry book would have been the one that would really resonate with a lot of people. People, I think, need need a diversion. We need sometimes to just stop dealing with the heaviness of all our pain and, and just do some activities that are uh, relaxing and distracting, but at the same time, moving forward in our healing journey. What an interesting series because each book sounds so completely different from the other mm -hmm. you know what an interesting series and, and congratulations on the fifth one becoming a bestseller when you weren't ex expecting that particular one to do so so that's exciting news you've also mentioned earlier and i'm bouncing back because that's what i do you mentioned early that god came to my garage sale is potentially going to be a movie yeah now, that is super exciting stuff. I'm assuming that is one of the doors that opened from your connection with Mr. Redfield. Actually, it isn't, you know, um, it, it isn't. There are other doors that opened up with meeting James. I, I actually watched an interview that he did with Corey Poirier of Blue Talks Presents, which is like TED Talks meets chicken soup for the soul. In fact, Jack Canfield is very much involved in, in this Blue Talk series. And I ended up contributing a chapter to the second volume of what now I think is a 10 volume series with Blue Talks. And we'll be speaking at Columbia University in New York City as a result of all of those connections. So really, you know, meeting James and having him endorse my book did open the doors to a lot of things. The movie opportunity has kind of been in the works for a year now. And, and then it seems like when I don't hear from, from someone, then someone else express interests. And, and so it's really, it's really kind of a neat process. You know, I'm someone though, like many authors, that I, I really don't need external validation. You know, being a high school teacher for 35 years, it's not like, you know, your students are saying thank you for making, me, teaching me this or helping me feel good about myself so that I could go on learning. You know, and as a, as a loving mother at the same time, we, we don't need the external validation. We know in our heart of hearts that we are making a difference, that we are helping other people and that type of thing. So the awards... And, you know, the accolades, I mean, that's all good. But at the same time, I got a lot of validation, I would say, just from the people who endorsed my five book series. So there were people that I looked up to, uh, like Dr. Jennifer Harmon, who is a researcher on parental alienation, um, Tracy Malone, Ashley Burgess, um, Paxton of Narc Abuse TV, Dr. Sam Vaknin, who actually has coined a lot of these terms. These are people I looked up to, but they turned around and endorsed my books because they saw value in what I was doing. So that, that was really cool. And, you know, but even without that, I still would feel good about what I have done to heal and the speaking the truth, having the courage to not be silenced by people who want you silenced. And, okay. and 
you know, because I am only speaking the truth and I am only speaking about love and I only wish well to everyone, you know, even the people that were involved in the abuse, you know, I, I don't wish, I, I wish enlightenment for other people. And I think just talking about signs and synchronicities and showing other people that, you know, you can be dealt a really rough situation, how we choose to respond to that is a real testament to, you know, our future and, and our being able to live in happiness, love and light. Now, through all of your research and the delving into your own person. So for those years, did you look back at any point, and you may have mentioned that already, but think, how did I not know that this is what I was sitting in for all this time? Definitely. I don't think that anyone can leave a situation like this and become aware of narcissistic abuse and domestic violence without looking back and realizing how that I completely ignored. In fact, there were red flags before I got married, very significant ones, but I was just kind of blinded by love, blinded by my own hopes and dreams, um, trauma bonded, playing out some patterns that I experienced even as a child and witnessing, you know, my parents interact and, and some of the negative abusive situations that I observed. And so, but, I, but I've, I've learned not to be too hard on myself for that, you know, to realize that we are all on a journey and our awakening or awareness to certain things comes when it is needed. So like, for example, if I would have had my light bulb moment when my children were in grade school, for example, and knew what I was dealing with and escaped then, the repercussions for my children might have been even more devastating than they are right now because they were 20 and 23 when I made the decision to file for divorce. So yeah, there are red flags that we ignore. That's why people say you ignore the red flags, but you have to realize that going through life, it's like peeling the layers of an onion. You know, it's, it doesn't all happen at one time. It happens little by little. And with each situation, you know, you get more aware and, and then there comes after a while, a real defining moment where enough is enough, but it takes a long time. You know, you, you can even hear about people that have been in marriages 50 years or have been at a very toxic work environment for 50 years. And finally they realize that, you know, no, this isn't healthy and, I have this opportunity to, to reclaim my life and, and make it positive. So, you know, I just, I guess there are red flags that are ignored, you know, the isolation, the smearing, the, the undermining, the backstabbing, you know, you know what you saw, but you're gaslit to sort of say, no, you didn't really see that. But wait a minute, I did see that. Well, then you saw it wrong or your interpretation of it is wrong or whatever. And, and then you just kind of move on because we do, we get busy in our lives and we actually kind of go through the stages of grief in a way when we're in 
a challenging and toxic and abusive situation because, and denial is part of that. We don't want to believe that other people would be malevolent. We don't want to believe since we're good people, we would never hurt anyone intentionally ever. It's hard for us to realize that some people we surrounded ourselves with, you know, and I found out after, you know, understanding all of this, that there were other players that were also contributing to so the abuse. And I had to put up some healthy boundaries with some family members and with, with a best friend that I had known longer than, um, than my spouse. You do find, and, you know, just someone who's been divorced as well, you do find that your circle gets smaller. And that's okay. So Dr. Marnie, you've, you've got your, your books out there. This five book series is out there. What is next on your agenda? Well, I've got a lot of exciting things that are next on my agenda. I am finishing up a sixth book in the True Deceit False Love series. So that will come out next year. But I'm going to kind of switch gears from what I have been focusing on and really delve into some other literary endeavors, some other exciting, you know, books and, and writing opportunities. So that's what I'm going to do. And then, of course, if God came to my garage sale becomes a movie, uh, I don't know what an author's involvement in that is. My guess, it's not very much, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that in the new year. And how exciting, you know, it's just exciting to have, to have that, to look forward to whether, whatever transpires with it or not, you've got someone looking at your book that they, you know, they consider it so good that they want to make it into a movie. And that means you would just be reaching so many more people through a different medium and how exciting that is. Sure. And I think, you know, in this day and age, people need hope and they need inspiration and they need to know that, you know, people can rise above challenging situations and create a beautiful life for, for themselves, realizing we can't control a lot of things, you know, and so many of us, we are constantly replaying situations over and over and over in our heads when, when we don't have control over, over them. And we can only control ourselves and, and how we want to respond to things moving forward. So it's it's very exciting. I've just, I feel so lucky and blessed despite all my losses and challenging situations. I just feel like I just am living a blessed life and I'm very, very thankful for, for the opportunities that I've been given. And what amazing opportunities they are. And I, again, I love the title, God Came to My Garage Sale. It, that's certainly, I am sure, grabs people's attention. Now, you say that you currently reside in the Caribbean. My question, my burning question now is, how is it that you ended up there? Well, I'll tell you, during this transition time, when I was finishing up my wonderful teaching career in the Chicago suburbs, and I was getting close to retirement, I was spending a lot of time with a, a, a very close friend. And he ended up becoming my life partner because we just traveled together. We, you know, have the same values, the same interest in spirituality. And a, a, a big component is that our values of honesty are so important. After being in, in a relationship with someone who was so very dishonest for so many years, 
you know, that was a quality that was really a game changer for me. And we just traveled the world together and we kept on coming back to the Caribbean. Um, he is a lover of astronomy, has large telescopes, he scuba dives. And so the Caribbean's a perfect place for him. And I just love the ocean and I love nature and I love different cultures. And you can get all of that on an island in the Caribbean. So that is how we ended up here. I've been here a little over three years and just loving it. That is wonderful. It's just a beautiful thing. And I'm really happy for you. <laughs> so, Thank you. Thank you. I am glad. Although I, I can tell you, I, I, I found happiness in the Midwest as well. I, I feel like I'm someone that no matter where I land, the happiness will be coming from within me. And, you know, if the external situation has some benefits and is interesting and beautiful, then that's a bonus. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, you know, you brought up a good point there. Wherever you're at, you can be happy. It's not, you know, it's the journey and, and the people that you meet and how you, you know, you're, you said you did a lot of internal work and a lot of study and research and people might need to do that just a little bit more for themselves to find out, you know, certain things that you might be carrying where they may have originated from and not to take on that self-blame. Right, because we are all, you know, on a journey and our awareness to different situations, they come little by little. It's not all at one time. And we have to be easy on ourselves and realize that we are now at the point where we can address some things and make some choices and, and gather our courage to carry on. And it's okay that we didn't do that before because we weren't at that, you know, stage before right right yeah, and sometimes it's just it's one step at a time and while you're going just go gently oh that's beautiful yep yeah yeah well dr marnie thank you so much for being my guest on let fear bounce time has flown it has been a true pleasure to hear about your journey all of the exciting things that have happened and will continue to happen i'm sure and i want to wish you the best of luck on all your new endeavors that you're going to take on in the new year well, thank you so much. It's just been an honor to have a conversation with you here. Thank you so much again. And I wish you a beautiful day. And all of you out there listening, everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. This is Kim Langing, your host of Let Fear Bounce.